Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Fanatic.com brought to you by Patrick Eads and a staff on Mormon Trek at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's Lock. And E keys for cars. GT Car and his crew at Supel Siding and Remodeling. Supel's Flowers, home of 1 800 800 Rose. Hertie and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyoke Inn, the Amanas. Players, Sports Bar and Grill, downtown. Dirk Sterner, Taxidermy. And Dr. Lance Forbes, Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Here is Tom Suter, Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com, and Coach Don Patterson. Well, happy Monday, Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Tom. How about you? Uh, no major complaints, and you guys wouldn't want to hear them anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that may be true in some cases. <laughs> so what what you think? Uh, Big things happening around the country um, as far as the transfer portal goes, NIL stuff. Um, couple, the last couple days, the fur has started to fly, and today is the first official day that people can enter the portal. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that today? Well, for, um, for certain Iowa fans, I think they would classify it as Christmas come early. You don't know what's going to be under the tree, but you'll find out, I guess, as the day plays out or the next few days play out. Um, it's uh, it's an exciting time, I guess. It's an uncertain time. We don't know how how this thing's all going to play out, especially how how we relate to other teams uh, and their efforts to take advantage of the transfer portal. Uh, I do think that we helped ourselves at quarterback. Uh, I like McNamara. I've watched him a lot, of course. He's played in a lot of big games, and he's he played well. Um, some people would call him a game manager. I don't really like that term. I like Hayden's old term better. Hayden would refer to him as a field general. Uh, and you have to give you have to give Kate credit. Uh, last year he was running the show for Michigan, and he did a good job of it. Mm -hmm. He yeah. did. Yeah, he passed for twenty five hundred yards. He won games, and he ran an efficient offense. 
I mean, some of you know, Tom, you've seen some of the narrative from fans from other schools who are trying to ridicule. Oh, you're just getting a backup quarterback. Yeah, by definition, he is, but he's really not. And I wrote a column of you don't do what he did at Michigan. Yeah, I mean, he was a backup quarterback, yes, right now. But, Don, you know, here in the distinction, he led Michigan to a Big Ten title and to a win over Ohio State. A lot of quarterbacks at Michigan haven't done that. That's for sure. Let me give you a, a parallel, too. I, I read somewhere a, a good Iowa fan said, you know who Cade McNamara reminds me of that we're very familiar with? A guy named Jim Hartley. I, I was going to say the same let thing. Me explain. Yep, same. Yeah, let me explain to the listeners why, why you feel that way, Pat. Uh, first off, they could probably wear the same clothes. They're yep. almost identical. Identical size. In terms of height, height and weight. Number 12. Uh, they're both very, very bright. They, they're both above average as runners. Uh, and people say, well, who is, you know, what did Jim do for Iowa? I'll tell you what Jim did for Iowa because I coached him. He was one hell of a backup quarterback behind a two time first team all conference quarterback by the name of Matt Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, incidentally, was the offensive player of the year in 1990, our, our Rose Bowl season. Uh, but here's here's Jim's numbers career-wise. I knew this. I knew when, when Matt Rogers graduated, we were still going to be in good shape because we had Jim Hartley. Uh, Jim was a one-year starter. I'll remind you of another one-year starter by the name of Mark Vlasic. He was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably had better NFL passing stats than Chuck did. I don't know that for a fact. I've never bothered to look, but he certainly had a good NFL career. But here's Jim's numbers over, over his four years of uh, competition. Uh, 181 out of 291, that's 62.2% completions. Every time he threw the ball, he just threw for a little over 2,000 yards. But let's face it, he was he was a backup quarterback. He did play in a lot of games. Here's another indication of how reliable he was. He was our holder on critical field goals and PATs. But every time he threw the ball, he averaged 7.1 yards per attempt. Career 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Quarterback rating of 134.2. Uh, and, oh, by the way, that's just one spot ahead of Nate Stanley and one spot behind Drew Tate. So he's in pretty good company. Incidentally, uh, Spencer's best uh, quarterback rating was 119. That mm-hmm. was in the in the COVID-shortened season. It was slightly lower in the last two years. Um, Jim, in his senior year, only got to start seven games for us. He averaged 226 yards passing in those seven games. Let me tell you who some of those seven games were against. They were against a very good NC State team in the kickoff classic. That's a lot of pressure because there's only one game on TV that weekend. That was my first game, Don. That was my first game covering the Hawks. Yeah, exactly. We also lost to number one Miami. Yep, a night to remember. We lost to number 10 Colorado. And we lost to number four Michigan. That's back in the days when we scheduled people like Miami and Colorado. Um, and then in Game 7 against Illinois, you remember the story. It oh, was yeah. a routine win for us. Had the Game 1, I said, let's put in let's put in Paul. Paul Burmeister being the backup, as I recall. And wouldn't you know it, they downed a punt inside the 5. And Coach Fry logically said to Dave Triplett, I believe Dave was on the phone at that point in time, Dave let Donnie know, I'm going to go ahead and go with Jimmy again because I don't want Paul's first snap to be on the minus 3. Sure. Um, and um, I understood that. You know, there's always a chance, of course, that a new quarterback might mishandle a snap. And so uh, Jim didn't mishandle a snap, uh, but we had a backup running back in. And we always say if there's a, if it, there's a ball that goes on the ground, 
it's never one person's fault. They're always sharing the responsibility. But let's face it, uh, I can't remember if Jim Hartley ever had a mishandled exchange with the back. The, the backup running back, who remained nameless, the ball went on the ground. Jim dove for the ball, got an exposed shoulder, and an Illinois player, and it was not a malicious hit. He's mm. just trying to get to the football. Yep. He falls on Jimmy's shoulder, separates his shoulder, and um, Jim's playing career is done. No, that we tried was... to get him back for, for game 12. He couldn't quite make it. I'll, I'll say this about Jim Hartley. Uh, Jim Hartley was getting up in the middle of the night to rehab because it was a race against the clock. Can he get back in time to play against Minnesota in game 12? Mm-hmm. And even though he did everything humanly possible to do it, he couldn't quite make it back in time. And you guys went 5-7 um, and seven that year, and that's the biggest reason you lost your quarterback. He was really starting to play well. And Don, other than Brad Banks, he was the best running quarterback I've covered. He was a better running quarterback than Bethard. He was better than Drew Tate. He could, Jim could run the ball. I, he was about 6'2". You're exactly right. He let could me, run let the me ball. Let me share one other career stat with you. 299 rushing yards. Yes. That was on 123 attempts, I think it was. So and that includes sacks. and what, 2.5 per carry yeah. as a runner. And as you know, usually the sack yardage eats up anything you might exactly. gain as a runner. Yep. Uh, so positive yardage as a runner, uh, I would imagine McNamara also had positive yardage as a runner two years ago. He did have, uh, I, I, and I watched. I think Jim was even a little better runner than McNamara. I really do. I think that was one part of Jim's game that sometimes people get overlooked, and it's easy to forget about him because, like you said, he got hurt. He got hurt, and yeah. it was just unfortunate because then Burmeister was the quarterback, and Paul just wasn't quite ready yet, and it just it was just tough. But no, Jim was a. I'm kind of glad you brought it up because he was one of my favorite players, and man, what a good, what a good guy he was too. I was new on the beat, absolutely, and I, and, and of course a good guy to this day. Yes, no surprise to, to you, Pat, but Jim Hurley was a very very successful banker in. Manchester. Oh no, not surprised at all. You knew he had success waiting for him. Whatever he was going to do, no, that's a good one, and I think the McNamara. Um, comparison is interesting, and Kirk Kirk addressed a, a number of topics. Don, I want to get your reaction. He said that he's going to do a comprehensive study of the football program, sort of like what he did after the 2014 season when he benched Rudock for um, Bethard and when he also switched practice from late afternoon to the morning. Um, he didn't say he's going to make any changes, but he does say he's going to do a comprehensive study. When you hear that, what do you what do you think? Well, I, I'm glad to hear that because you need to examine all aspects of your game when you when you fall below uh, your your expectations. And um, I'm glad we're doing that. I think it makes a lot of sense. Let's consider all aspects of the program uh, because let's face it, all aspects of the program do have an impact. And he also um, brought up, of course, Petrus is out, so Joey Labus and Carson May are going to be their two options at quarterback. And Spencer's career, basically, it, it's it's over. I mean, he finishes, I think, 20 and 11 as a starter. Um, how tough is it going to be for them to get these two quarterbacks ready in about three and a half weeks or so? Neither one has ever taken a snap in a college game. How, just, how big is that challenge? Well, you've given me a perfect opportunity to remind you, Pat, that back in time, I was lamenting the fact that we didn't play a second or third quarterback against Nevada. The Nevada is a chance where Joey Labus could have played. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we had a perfect built-in reason to play three quarterbacks. With every um, play stoppage, we could have said, okay, you're done. And when we start playing again, whenever that might be tonight, 
you'll be the quarterback. Uh, you know, I was disappointed that Padilla didn't play at all, of course, because he's one snap away from needing to be on the field. And then, of course, the the, the number three quarterback, as we always say, is two plays away. Uh, so here we are with – think about this, Pat. Has there ever been a time in, in bowl history when a football team uh, has a starting quarterback that will have zero snaps in a college game? I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of bowls. I have no idea, and there's a good chance. Levis, I don't think he's made it official yet. He hasn't made it official. But he's probably but not going to. He's not. He's looking to be a low first-round draft pick. I don't think either starting quarterback is going to be there either. I mean, it, Iowa could be down to its third-teamer. And then I look, Deuce Hogan's fourth on their depth Fourth card. string, yep. So it doesn't look like it's going to be Iowa versus the Deuce. But no, Don, it's a really unusual situation. And... It's it's going to be interesting to see if the rosters stay the same. There's still a lot of time before this game. I mean, I don't expect Levis to yeah. play though. So um, yeah, you had a good question. You had a good question, Pat. You said, "What can we do to get Labus and May ready for a game in a few short weeks?" Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here's the good news. Um, one of the things that's going to happen, I would imagine, is we're going to have a restricted playlist. You know, you can't get them ready for all the same plays that Spencer and Alex were ready for uh, in our last game. Uh, that's an expanded playlist, probably an expanded compared to what these inexperienced quarterbacks might have. Now, so that you said, well, that's a concern because we're not going to have as many plays available to us. The good news, of course, is Kentucky doesn't know what those plays are because they simply don't know that much about these two quarterbacks. Uh, the expert experts on these two quarterbacks are the guys that are in our football complex right now, those coaches. So we're going to play to their strengths, Joey's strengths, and also Carson's strengths. Carson, right? That's his first name? Carson May. Yeah. Yeah. That says it all that I'm not even 100% sure what his first name is. But I <laughs> it sure says right. something, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to play to their strengths. Um, we're going to work on the plays that are good for them. I would, uh, I would hope and I would expect that we will not give them too much rope. Because if you give them enough rope, they may hang themselves. You know, it's that old adage. Yeah. So let's um, let's be sure that whatever plays we call, that they can execute them with confidence and they understand uh, everything they need to know about those particular plays. Um, hope so, that makes sense. So, Coach, you, you, then what you're kind of saying is, say, maybe come up with 15 to 20 plays and just practice the heck out of them so that they know them forward and backwards and uh, go with that rather than have a full playbook. And it sure would be able to help to run the ball, right, Don? I mean, running the ball. Yes, it would. And I I would be able to say, Tom, I would expect that we could do better than 15 or 20. I think we could at least do 25 or 30 or maybe 35 or 40. Uh, I know that sounds like a lot of plays, but you got to realize – all those plays on your playlist may not get in the game. Yeah. Maybe the way the game unfolds, you're deciding, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe they show up in a different alignment or play a different coverage than what you expected. and uh, Or maybe you simply decide, I don't think the quarterback's quite ready for this. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're ahead by two touchdowns. We're down by two touchdowns, whatever the case might be. Maybe those are reasons for you to steer away from a particular call, too. That's why we need more than 15 or 20, and mm-hmm. I'm confident the quarterbacks will be able to execute more than 15 or 20 plays. They'll be able to do more than that. 
Okay, and so if you were the offensive coordinator, would you um, script out the the first drive or the first two drives, that kind of thing? Well, you know, the only problem I've always had with people saying, "Here's our here's our first fifteen plays." Well, you know, you should call a play based on down and distance. It should not be just because it's the next play on your on yeah. your list of fifteen starters. Uh, now you can go down your list. And maybe you simply, if you if you run 10 plays and you're down to play 11, if play 11 doesn't fit that situation, you should pass up play 11. You know, you should look on down the list and maybe end up picking play, play 15 and then play 17. Uh, or then maybe you go back to play four because you passed up play four because it simply wasn't right in terms of down and distance. So uh, it, shame on those that simply go down a list because you got to fit the play to the situation. Now, there's no problem, and I have no problem at all with the top 15 plays all showing up within the first 30 snaps of the game. Those top 15 plays all should be run in the first half, uh, and nothing says you can't run one twice. And as you know, sometimes it appears to be a different play because the first time out, it was pro right, and the next time out, it was pro left. Maybe maybe it was ideally pro to the field. So the first time you're on the left hash, you call pro right. The next time you want to run the companion play, the mirrored image of the play, you're on the right hash, so you simply flop the formation over and run the play to the other side of the field. So, so Don, um, because it's hope, because hope it's, that makes sense. Oh yeah, it does. It and does because it's so obvious that Iowa's probably going to come out very conservative and play not to lose on offense to kind of protect the the young quarterbacks. Do you think there's a chance they may do just the opposite with this devil may care? You know, I mean, or what do you think? Do you expect them to just be ultra ultra conservative? Uh, I would hope not, and I, I'll tell you one reason I say that. Let's just think about one simple play. What about play-action-go? Play-action-go routes. I'm talking about if you're in a pro formation, a go route by the flanker, a go route by the split end. Pretty simple football. Before the snap, you take a look at the matchups you have, both left and right, and then you simply decide we're going to run play-action, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to throw the ball deep downfield. Um, pretty simple football. If you want to take a shot, you simply call that, and then you, and then of course the quarterback simply makes a judgment. Where's my best matchup? Is it on the right side of the formation or on the left side of the formation? And I'm going to drop back and I'm going to throw the ball up. And we, and I picked that guy for a reason. You know, maybe he has a little better chance to get on top of that particular corner. And that's where the film study comes in again. You have a good idea of which corner, which corner is a little bit more vulnerable to a go-around. So hopefully we've got our fastest guy, the guy we think is the biggest threat down the field, against their weakest corner. And that gives us a chance to throw the ball up and, and of course, logically, a chance for a big play. Um, you know, we wouldn't do it if we didn't like the matchup. And uh, and that's simple football, and, and our guys can certainly execute that even, even just for the sake of argument, even if it's the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. They would have a chance to execute that because it's pretty simple football. You know, mm-hmm. let's have a good play no, action, right. and let's decide who to throw it deep to. So I don't think we're necessarily going to be unusually cautious. And and there are other schemes, of course, that involve maybe it's an intermediate route that that starts with a go route. You know what we call a push man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to run, remember Marv Cook with with so many catches, uh, intermediate routes, and for that matter, uh, Sam Laporta's had a lot of those same kind of catches that Marv had. Uh, that would involve, if it's what we would call, what we used to call a score out scheme, 
it would be a tight end run into a, a hole that's maybe 18 yards downfield, and that would be open because we had a an outside receiver that's pushing the cornerback deep downfield mm-hmm. with the go route, and then we'd have a third receiver in the flat and realizing they've only got two guys to defend uh, the outside third of the field. They would have a corner defending deep if it's three coverage, and then a flat defender, of course, defending the flat. It's what we would call a, a vertical stretch. You know, you got three on two. So you look deep first if it's on coverage. If he's open, throw him the ball. If he's not open, come on down to the secondary receiver. In the example I gave, it would be Sam Laporta mm-hmm. on that square out route, or what you might call a sail route. Some people refer to it as a sail route. Uh, and if he's covered, he's covered because the flat defender has gotten unusually good depth to defend him. And at that point, of course, you just dump the ball in the flat and, and force that flat defender to come up and tackle the third level, which might be a back out of the backfield, could be a could be a receiver from the other side of the formation. Uh, Regani runs a lot of drive routes. Yeah, those are routes that are across the field. Uh, he'd be an ideal guy to throw the ball to if they defend the two deep, deeper routes first. So that's pretty simple football that our guys are more than capable of handling. In Padilla's situation, it's interesting. He obviously knew Peters wasn't going to play in the mm-hmm. bowl game, I'm sure, and yet he still because he could have played in the bowl game and still left. Obviously, he wants to get a head start on. Um, I uh, but and I can understand. That. I can understand both, but I could have understood him wanting to maybe play, yep. play in the bowl game, and what have you, and that would have helped. But it'll be interesting. That is an interesting storyline. What I'm not, I'm curious to get your reaction. I are you surprised that they're having him play again just after playing last year in a bowl game? I know it's a different bowl game, but you just don't see this very often. And usually they have written rules and some of this stuff. They basically went against that stuff. About having them, I mean, they just played Kentucky in a bowl game last year. When I saw that, I'm like, really? Again? What's your thoughts on that? Well, of course, it's a different different location. It now, is. And, and uh, I'm sure what, what drove this thinking, uh, how far away is Lexington Kentucky? Oh, no, that's Not a very point. far. But uh, it, that's a good point, Don. But this will be Kentucky's sixth trip to the Music City Bowl. I saw some of their fans on social media complaining about doing the same thing over and over. And, and so, fair yeah. enough, it's like us going to the Outback yes. Bowl. Yes, yes. But, well, maybe, you know, maybe just maybe uh, the bowl people um, didn't give proper thought to how the Kentucky fan might feel. Yeah, maybe they know. are a little burned out on, on Kentucky. But the, the good side of it, of course, it's an easy trip for a Kentucky yes, fan. Yes, it is. Uh, it may be, a, may be a day trip. They may not sell as many motel rooms to Kentucky fans as they have in the past, maybe, since a lot of those Kentucky fans have already seen Nashville inside and out. And paid those uh, but, hotel prices. Uh, you know the thing. Thanks. You know the thing I would wonder about, and I understand one reason we might have gotten picked over, over um, rather than they had. A, correct me if I'm wrong. They had a chance to pick Minnesota and chose not to. Um, we have a reputation, of course, for traveling better than the average team. Yeah, even the average point. Big Ten team, we travel better than. So, and of course, we're a little bit closer than Twin Cities or the state of Minnesota. So. Uh, it makes sense in terms of travel that they would like us both. I uh, hadn't really thought about how many times Kentucky had been there. Here's another thing I, I would think they might give some consideration to. On paper, it looks like a very low-scoring game. <laughs> 22 uh, versus 17. With backup quarterbacks yeah. and who knows how many other people sitting out. Yeah, it sure could. Yeah, I was going to jokingly say first one to ten wins. <laughs> it might be that. that. Not that kind of game. Here's the here's the final stats in terms of both teams. Total offense, 
uh, as everyone knows, because it's been broadcast time and again, uh, we're 130. Uh, Kentucky's 106. Yeah. Uh, Again, they're 106 with Will Levis at quarterback. Um, And uh, I guess uh, somebody could say, well, you're 130 with with your starter quarterback, so where are you going to be with a backup quarterback? Uh, or a 13 quarterback, I should say, in the case of Iowa. So, uh, anyway, they have a slightly better total offense in terms of yards gained. When you look at scoring offense, uh, we're 122. Kentucky, again, is still number 106, that same spot. They're averaging 22, right? Yeah. 22.1 points per game. I don't even know the number. I think that's what it is. Um, But anyway, not very prolific offenses on either side. And and then to make matters worse in terms of the projection for the game, total defense, two of the better defenses in college football. Yep, they're fast I will be in number four, Kentucky being number 18. And then if you want to look at scoring defense, Iowa number six, Kentucky number 12. So two outstanding defenses and two offenses that have struggled uh, a lot of the time. Uh, when you look at turnover margin, that's always a big stat, of course. We are plus four on turnovers. That gives us a tie of 38. Kentucky is even on turnovers. Uh, they're tied for 69th. So we do have uh, a projected edge on turnovers. Now, that edge would just suggest it's only going to be plus one. It's not going to be anything uh, crazy in terms of turnover margin. Uh, but as we all know, you never know for sure about football. You know, it might be plus four in, in favor of Iowa. Or then to think the worst possible scenario, maybe it's minus four uh, with with Kentucky, a plus four edge. Uh, we don't know any of that, but just to play percentages, you would think if anybody has a chance to be uh, to have an edge on turnovers, it would be us uh, over Kentucky. A score that comes to my mind right now. And Six to four, Penn four, State. Four to three. Two, <laughs> two safeties and a field goal. I mean, and with these quarterbacks, you just never know. I wanted to um, touch on some other subjects. Um, Don, did you watch the TCU-Kansas um, State game at all? I watched every minute of it. And my vote for the Heisman would go to a guy from Council Bluffs, Iowa. Well, that's interesting you say that because right after this show, I'm going to do my voting. I can't. Sh- I mean, they are so secretive at the Heisman thing. It's like it's like espionage, you know. And but no, I mean, there. Um, I thought he made quite a statement for the Heisman Trophy. And this is a year where there's really nobody clearly that stands out for the Heisman Trophy. Blake Corum was one of my guys, but you can't give a Heisman to a guy who misses the two of the biggest games of the year. Caleb Williams. Uh, he he didn't win when he needed to win. This is really a tough year to where Max Dugan might he might sneak in there and get some votes. I mean, what do you think of his performance? I, it was inspirational, and and you, as you know, I've seen quite a few football games in my lifetime, mm-hmm. and that was one of the more inspired efforts as a quarterback that I'd ever seen. That uh, says a lot. Give I mean, him credit. Yeah. That guy. Uh, here's the word I used. Uh, that guy is a warrior. Yeah. Uh, you know, he is mentally tough. He's physically tough. Uh, he put that team on his back, and, and he just was determined to find a way to win that game. And uh, it was impressive. You know, he, he was more impressive with his running yes, numbers I agree. than he was with his passing numbers. But let's not take anything away from his passing numbers because they were also pretty darn impressive. No, you're right about that, and he definitely deserves consideration. And I, I know some fans have asked me, Iowa did. They've recruited him. They offered him. They didn't really have a chance 
because the style of I remember him telling the recruiting people he just wasn't real. He didn't fit in the style that Iowa wanted to run on offense. He found TCU and it was a great home. Tom, you got something? I was just going to say uh, the first time I've seen the line for the game is Kentucky minus three point five. Which that's that sounds about that sounds right. about right. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was the other way. My guess is Iowa's offense though is what's giving Kentucky. A slight edge, and so we'll see. It should be, uh, but no. Um, back to Max Dugan. I mean, I, I just, I mean, just the way he just refused to, even though his team did lose. I mean, he did. He did look mentally and physically exhausted at the end of that game. I've never seen a player that looks like he just gave everything he had. Yeah, of course they were playing indoors. That they were can happen to you. You know, they're playing in warm conditions. Uh, but it really was impressive. Let's not forget either about about Max. Uh, he had a serious heart issue at one time. That's right. And a, a lot of let's face it, a lot of players would have said, you know what, I don't think I have to play football anymore. Uh, but he was determined not to be done. Uh, and of course, he got clearance to play, and and hopefully he'll never have another heart issue the rest of his life. Do you think he's got NFL potential? Yes, I do. And I say that because of guys like, uh, how about the guy for the Buffalo Bills? Josh, yeah, no, uh, you're right. The ability to run is starting to yeah. matter in the NFL, even for quarterbacks. Yeah, he's, he's a runner. Uh, you know, he's not to be confused with Mahomes. You know, he's not, he's not a jitterbug or the guy with the Phoenix Cardinals, incidentally. I guess Kyler Murray. Off here. Yeah, Kyler Murray yeah. and, of course, um, Lamar yeah. Jackson. Josh Allen is a big, strong guy. And and Max has a little bit of that in him, of course. Mm-hmm. He's got good strength for a quarterback, and and um, he can, you don't want any quarterback to take a beating. But Josh Allen's proven he can do it. And you don't. It's still there's always a risk, of course, when a quarterback runs the ball. And the advice I've always just given him is you got to keep your pads down and protect yourself. Don't be a hard hit if it's an early down. Avoid the hard hit. But if it if it is a critical down then you just became a running back. So go get it. And uh, that's exactly what Josh Allen does. He might be a little over-enthusiastic in that regard. I don't know if he ever avoids a hit. Uh, I'm sure he's being encouraged to protect himself because he's such a valuable commodity um, to the Buffalo organization in terms of run and throw. This is just my opinion, but I wish the Iowa offense would evolve, I think that's the right word, to the point where somebody like Max Dugan would think that he is a good fit in that type of offense. One of my, one of my wishes, Don, and um, we've talked about it some, and I just wish they would start to get a few more mobile quarterbacks. It sounds like they may have a couple coming in. The Marco Leonez from New Jersey, he's listed as a pro style, so I, but it does look like he can use his feet a little bit. But just with the way the game's changing, Don, do you think it's getting more important to have quarterbacks that can improvise with their feet a little bit? Absolutely, and one reason I say that is I think defensive coaches have have become um, um, even more adept at finding different and unusual ways to put pressure on a quarterback. Uh, And we're a good example. You know, we're going to play a lot of defensive linemen, keep them fresh. You see a guy like Joe Evans typically only on third down. uh, And put yourself in the shoes of that offensive tackle. You've been out there playing every down. And now you got to try to pass protect against a guy that's fresh, much fresher than you at least, uh, and that has unusual ability to get around the edge. Uh, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like Leroy Smith years ago versus an offensive tackle, or Andre Tippett versus an offensive tackle. Joe Evans is not going to project like Andre Tippett, of course, for the NFL. 
but he's a, he's still a nightmare for an offensive tackle to pass protect against if the tackles are a little bit tired. And let's face it, offensive tackles are often tired because they don't have backups that are coming in to spell them on third and long. Oh, uh, so coach, um, I'm trying to think here. We've had an unprecedented thing where we, we, both of our top quarterbacks are out and one of them has gone. And then we've got our, our third string and fourth string who none of them have taken a snap. You address this a little bit, but as a, a football staff, what what are some things are are there certain types of plays do you think that are easier for the quarterbacks to learn or to get uh, more conversant with yes there are and we we touched on one early on when i just talked about running uh, a deep receiver down the field uh running an intermediate route underneath him and against zone coverage you're just reading top to bottom you know you're looking deep first mm-hmm. if the guy's open throwing the ball if he's covered, it's because of the corner. I'm just talking about three deep or man coverage. Uh, if it's a corner that he's beaten, then obviously you throw it to him. Uh, if it's covered, come on down to the second level. That would be an example I gave, a tight end like Laporta running an intermediate route. Or let's face it, Lachey runs those kind of routes well too. So we have two tight ends that can do it. And for that matter, we have any number of inside receivers that could that could hit that same hole I'm talking about talking about a, a spot on the field that's 18 to 20 yards downfield from the line of scrimmage. And as you heard me say already, if it's zone coverage, the only way that guy can be taken away is if the flat defender's got really good depth. And at that point, you just throw the ball to the short receiver. So a simple read, it's a vertical read, uh, and that's an easy way to approach the game. Uh, and, um, and of course, in the, in the run game, the running game, of course, I think even our third and fourth quarterbacks have a pretty good handle on our base run, base running game. Uh, but what you might say, because I have I have reason to believe that Joey Levis is a better runner than maybe the the two that were ahead of him on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how good a runner Joey is because I haven't seen him play in a college game yet. But I suspect he's a better runner, and we might find that out on on New Year's Eve. Uh, when he runs for some significant yardage against Kentucky, and maybe again we don't know, but maybe maybe that's a key part of the game plan is to run the quarterback some. Uh, I don't know that because maybe Carlos May doesn't project as well as Joey Labus. I said Carlos, my guy, <laughs> Carson, 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 Carson May, Carson. I apologize. I saw enough. May. I've seen enough of Labus. He can move. I mean, he he's move. not a dual threat by any means, and but he can move a little bit. He's more elusive than. Spencer, I wanted to ask you, um, I know I'm going all over the place, but Iowa State got rid of its offensive coordinator, Tom Manning. Does that surprise you, Don? You know, I, I don't know. I've I, I respected Tom for the work he's done. Uh, let's face it, he, he did a nice job in developing uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy now is uh, taking meaningful snaps for the 49ers, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he played yesterday. I think he, I think he played pretty well in relief, too. Yeah. So, uh, Brock, Brock Purdy's another guy that's a little bit like McNamara. You know, he's not as tall as you want him to be, but he can play. And that's that's more important than how tall you are, the fact that you can play well. So um, the 49ers, it looks like, made a good choice in drafting uh, Brock. I think they took him really late. Is, isn't, that, isn't that true? Um, I, I, 
That not I sure. don't know. Not sure. Somebody referred to him as Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, he irrelevant. was. I believe I he know. was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. You're right. Yeah, yes, he was. You're right. You're right. I mean, that's what they called him. That made me wonder if he was the last guy. No, he was. You're right. He uh, was well, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, well, you know, he and uh, he and, and um, Shade McNamara have a lot in common. They're, they were both uh, field generals uh, at Michigan and at Iowa State. And um, and Brock's a field general now in the NFL. And, and Cade McNamara is looking forward to being a field general for us. And I think he's going to give us outstanding play. He's going to make good decisions all the time. Not all the time. He's human. But he's not going to make many mistakes. <clears throat> he's going to have uh, outstanding leadership for us. In the meantime, maybe the most important thing that he's going to do is going to help us to recruit some transfers. Well, you got to, they got it. I was just going to ask you about that. I know that he's been burning up the phone lines and stuff. Uh, how significant is how that? How do you know he's been burning up? That's just what I've seen. I mean, you've seen him. I mean, I have seen reported a half dozen times. I'm not. Well, you mean like in stories that he is reaching <clears throat> so out? So this is message specific. board stuff, though, right? This isn't it's like on Twitter. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I just wanted to make sure you were making it sound like it was like a news story or something. No, no, no. no it's no, just no, people no, talking no. on Twitter. No. Yeah, well, he's trying to get. Forget. He's trying to help them get other. Can, quarterbacks can be influential in attracting other players, and I believe there's a guy at Purdue that attracted a receiver to come to Purdue, and I think that helped Purdue a little bit. Yes, a little bit now, this year. Yes, Aiden had it a little easier to sell. I mean, this isn't an easy thing for Cade McNamara to sell. I mean, it's, I mean, well, you bring up a good point, but let's face it. You know, I'd be disappointed in any potential transfer if he didn't have it as his number one priority to play football for a championship team. So uh, you're you're right. The offense is not an easy sell right now based on our numbers. However, it, it is a team game, and you can sell a defense that's always good and sometimes exceptional. Oh, and special teams, stability. Yeah, and there's a, a lot to sell. Game that is always but always above average too. Devoted fan Let's base. Let's not forget we got a fresh we got a freshman place kicker that's going to do great things over these next three years also. Mm-hmm. No, I guess I just feel better if they were trying to get linebackers and defensive backs to already complement what they have. They're trying to get a – I mean, they have to get at least two receivers in the portal. They have to. They don't have enough bodies right now, and there's not enough help coming in the recruiting class, and you don't want to rely on true freshmen. I mean, the true freshmen they have this year, Jacob Bostic, did he play? I don't believe so. I mean, I know there were stories. Know I don't think he played. Yeah, so they, They've got to get some experience in the portal. And, yeah, McNamara, I'm sure, is trying to – help them but um it's going to take a lot more than that they're going to this is going to be interesting to see how they can sell and who they convinced to come here because don wouldn't you agree that whoever they get is either going to be disgruntled or transferring up from a smaller platform does that make sense yeah let's not forget you know there are guys that do transfer up that do make do make an impact oh i would i agree Uh, and that may be what they have to do well, you think about it. Let's imagine it this way. What about a, a young man that's playing in the best FCS conference in the country? That would be the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Sure. Uh, he's had success in the Missouri Valley. He's played against a lot of good football teams. Uh, again, the best competition you can find in FCS football. If he excels at that level, is it hard for him to imagine, just as Charlie Jones thought he could play in the Big Ten, because he'd had success in the American Athletic, I'm sorry, in the MAC, in the MAC conference. But Charlie walked on, Don. Charlie walked on yeah. at Iowa. Well, we might need, we might, we're in a desperate situation I, for a receiver. So right. if there's a really, really 
good receiver that's FCS, I would encourage us to give up a scholarship to get him here because he's, if they're that competent, he can help us, then let's let him do it. Well, and they have the scholarships uh, available now. The, as many players are losing in the portal, they have scholarships. So, I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a receiver from Alabama, Trayshawn Holden, whose name's been linked because he's the one who supposedly that McNamara's trying to put a heavy sale on, and he's leaving Alabama because he's not playing as much as he I believe he's from Los Angeles. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, let me give you, a, let me give you an example of a, a, an FCS quarterback that last year that was intriguing, and I don't know if we did anything with him. It's not important now. It's it's uh, it's after the fact. But he was a quarterback for a school called Incarnate Word. Remember that? Yes. Incarnate Word was ranked in the top ten in FCS football last year, in large part because of this quarterback. When they beat Nevada. He left Incarnate, he left Incarnate Word. I believe he went to Washington State. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, and and I believe he did some pretty impressive things at Washington State. Uh, matter of fact, I think Washington State might have upset Washington, and, and of course the the big the big game of their their season, the rivalry game. Uh, so there are a few players out there in FCS football mm-hmm. that we would be wise to give serious consideration to. I agree, and um, and that, that just gets to being vigilant with what we're doing. Not don't overlook any possibilities. You know, the bigger pool is is the better pool. Let's just get a group of players that we feel can absolutely, without question, help us. And let's go after them. And maybe we only have um, plans to sign two of them. Uh, but to sign two, you better be recruiting half a dozen. Uh, and then hopefully you have that hard decision to make, which two do we pick? If there are three of them uh, that want to come here and we only want to sign two, then that's the hard decision of which one do we pass. Uh, but, um, you know, we hope we can get to that point where there are three guys with their hands up and we only are in position to take two of them. And I sure hope that would be, yeah, that would be helping our helping our cause, no doubt about it. And I sure hope. Let they, me let I me sh- just give you a, give you guys a little more information about Kentucky. Just looking at games they played. Here's their best wins over the season. Early season they beat number twelve Florida, twenty six to sixteen. I think that was a a turnover game. Had quite a bit to do with. Yeah, it. and Florida ended up six and six, I believe, Don. They weren't very good. Yeah, Florida, Florida went downhill since then. You're Most right. of the SAT teams uh, did. Here's another good win. I'm talking about a win over a top 20 team at the time, Mississippi State. Uh, Kentucky 27, Mississippi State 17. Those are their two best four. wins. Yeah, Mississippi State finished 8-4. and four. They, were, they beat Mississippi in the last game of the season. Yeah. Well, their worst losses, they got blown out by Kentucky. Kentucky was number three at the time. Uh, no, wait, who, no, wait. That's not too much of no. a shocker. Wait, who they was, were playing, incidentally, in, who in was number, uh, Knoxville. Who was number okay, three? Ten- <laughs> so it was Tennessee. You said they got blown up by Kentucky. You mean Tennessee. I'm sorry. Yeah, they got okay. blown, up, right. blown up by uh, Tennessee. Tennessee, okay. Yeah, Kentucky had six. Tennessee had 44. Here's the worst loss they had, probably, in terms of op- uh, opposition. Vanderbilt knocked them off 24 to 21. That's bleak. Uh, that's kind of hard to explain. Although Vanderbilt did play better, they got a good coach and they're making progress. What's his name? Clark Ray is that the former Notre Dame? Is he their head coach down there? You know, I'm not even. I sure. I think he is, but they are better. But still, no, I'm not. This is not a great team that I was getting ready to play. These are two seven and five teams that kind of deserve each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, they. Let me they, give you. Go ahead. I was going to say, Pat. Let me give you one more reason to be concerned about Kentucky's defense. Game eleven was against number one Georgia, sixteen to six. 
Somehow they held Georgia to 16 points. I watched some of that game too. They're they're quick and they're athletic, Don. They can their defenders can play in space. They can make a lot of plays in space. So it's not going to be easy for the weakest part of the team. That's I guess the concern. Yeah, well, that's all the more reason why we need to be aggressive with some play calling because it's not going to be – let me put it this way. What kind of odds do we have that we can just put together 12-play drives against them? Um, you know, they don't – they play a lot like we do. They don't give up many big plays. Uh, their defense is obviously a, a strong point for them. Uh, they're used to being in tight games and having to put a lid on the other team's offense. Um, so – if it's going to be hard to sustain 12 play drives, we better take some shots. We better try to have some 50 and 75 yard uh, plays. Well, you mentioned, Don, you mentioned the first team to 10 tongue in cheek might win, might be the first team to seven. (laughs) Here's a question. Has there ever been a game in college football where it was overtime and the score was zero zero? (laughs) It's a good question. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think that'll happen in this case because we got a place kicker that's good from 55, yeah, I think, yeah. if there's a no-win situation. Um, so I, I, I can't imagine that there's not going to be some scoring. I don't know anything about their, their place kicker, but I certainly like ours. Yeah, if it comes down to special teams, I like Iowa's chances. I just, um, It's just going to be interesting to see if they can't run the ball, what they do with the third-team quarterback. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But, and then you've heard me say before, what if you can't run the ball like you need to and you can't protect very well either? Well, one thing you can do to give you a chance is go max protection again yeah. and, and just, just have maybe three receivers out rather than five uh, and use a tight end to help on an edge rusher, a specific edge rusher. Maybe one's a lot better than the other. Let's be sure that tackle has a tight end there to help him. And then beyond that, of course, let's be sure that we might – being uh, wise to ask a back to chip on an edge rusher yeah. to help a yeah. tackle again, uh, or maybe you have that back block full time even that, to help out. That's okay too, but you got to think a little bit outside the box. If you if you can't protect long enough to get the ball down the field, then maybe max protect and throw the ball down the field and have fewer choices in terms of receivers. Maybe only three rather than five. It'll be interesting to see if Labus, who I assume will start since he's a year older, to. Um, if he relies on the tight end position as much as Petrus did. I mean, maybe that was more of a trait that was unique to Spencer, or if Labus will try to get receivers involved. Some of that is just the quarterback themselves. Obviously, Spencer loved his tight end, and Sam's a good target to go through. But don't you think Kentucky's – if you're Kentucky, aren't you going to take steps to take Laporta and Lachey out of this game and force Iowa to use the receivers to try to beat them in space? Isn't that what you do if you're Kentucky? Well, you've you've heard me talk about – about um, bracket coverage, mm-hmm. uh, yes. That one of my concerns is, man, we've, we've got such a high percentage of footballs that go to the tight ends. Somebody might decide, okay, that's fine. We'll bracket your tight end, and we'll go single coverage outside because you don't really want to throw the ball outside anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. Uh, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, and for that matter, uh, you know, we did some of that against Purdue, against Charlie Jones, and they still targeted Charlie a lot. But it, I remember one play in particular when we bracketed Charlie, it did force Purdue's quarterback to pull the ball down and get sacked because he was going to go to go to Charlie, and then he realized we had bracket coverage on him. And if he threw the route he was thinking about throwing, our safety might have very well picked it off. You know, He certainly sure. would have 
decapitated Charlie if we did, if they were to throw it. He didn't throw it, and he was wise not to because we had Charlie bracketed, and I give the quarterback credit for realizing that and not throwing the ball. I mean, Charlie had a good account for himself, I thought, in the bowl game or in the Big Ten championship game. I thought he made some nice catches. Absolutely. I thought he played well. Wasn't I thought he showed toughness. You know, I just made this observation. As you know, our daughter is a Purdue grad, and mm-hmm. I told Brooke, I said, I said, Brooke, Purdue football did Purdue proud. They did. They they put they up did. a good fight. Uh, it's a tough assignment. We talked about all those things that they had to, had to somehow find a way to go their way last week, and they they actually accomplished some of those things, uh, but not enough. Sure. They still lost the game, but they certainly gave a good account of themselves. Now there's speculation he might leave for his alma mater, Louisville. Mm-hmm. I guess that job just became open again. He turned it down the last time they went for the coach that they're just getting rid of now. You think if you're Jeff, you think he stays? Or you think he heads back to Louisville? I think he stays. I would too. I think, I think he, who doesn't want to coach on the bigger stage? Well, the Big Ten television revenue, how do you pass that up? That's going to be feeding your salary. And he's got a pretty good thing going there right now. Yes, he does. And let's face it, Purdue has a good chance to recruit receivers, don't they? Oh, without question. Because of what, what they've sure. done in recent years. And, and so just as we have a great chance to recruit tight ends, they have a great chance to recruit receivers because the proof is in the pudding, as they say. And... Um, we know how to get the ball to tight ends, and Purdue knows how to get the ball to wideouts. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I hope he stays. I think he's good for the Big Ten. And if you look at this West Division, Don, it's it's changing everywhere but at Iowa. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because Iowa loves their stability and what have you. But, I mean, Bielema has obviously upgraded Illinois. Uh, P.J. Flex made Minnesota better. Oh, com- Wisconsin is now hired Luke Fickle. That's a bit, they're making a big commitment. And, of course, Nebraska uh, is convinced that Matt Rule is going to lead them back to the 90s. And Northwestern but, with a brand-new, beautiful stadium. Yeah, things coming. are – I mean, the West is – well, then what's interesting, though, in two years we won't have the West. It'll be that's gone. Right. It'll right. be gone. So uh, there's a lot that's going on with, um, with Big Ten – football right now i mean just the, the changing landscape do you think that iowa the, do they have to change or do you think the best thing is for iowa to just keep doing what they do but they just got to be better at it because that seems to be kirk's philosophy we need better well, players for one well that's yeah that's that that always helps yeah you know you, you've heard me say it's no secret you know i i favor a more aggressive uh, style of play i guess mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I spent 21 years with Hayden Fry. Coach Fry was ahead of his time in terms of of, um, of taking steps to win a game rather than trying to avoid losing a game. And uh, I like that idea. I know uh, Coach Fry used to, I remember he used to warn Bill Brazier when we played Lee Corso way back in year one and year two. I remember he said, well. I know Lee Corso. He's going to throw the ball deep downfield half a dozen times. You better be ready because it's going to go downfield. And they know they're not going to get half of them, but if they get a third of them, they're okay. Because they're going to throw it six times down the field. That means two two big plays. I had a guy named Dwayne Gunn way back in time. I, I remember. forgot yep. that name. Yep. And he wasn't a polished receiver, uh, just like Robert Smith wasn't a polished receiver. But Dwayne Gunn could go up and catch a deep ball over his shoulder, and so could Robert Smith. And and we were not smart enough to throw Robert quite a few deep balls, too. Um, so... You know, I, I like the idea of, of being aggressive with your uh, approach to offense because um, it, it gives you a better chance to make big plays and a better chance to move the football. No, I would agree. And I think, I mean, I think that's mostly what Iowa fans 
would like to see. I know some are screaming for the spread, which is just unreasonable because it's not realistic with the personnel they have. But I don't think you have to have a spread. I think you can still do what Iowa does, but still be more imaginative, more aggressive, like Don says. So it's going to be interesting to see the bowl game. It'll be an interesting matchup and what have you. Tom, do we got anything else? Have we, have we covered about everything? Oh, Don, do you have anything else? I can't think of anything, really. I think it's going to be a oh, – let's make one quick comment about the about the playoffs, about the Final Four. Okay. I like the Final Four that were picked. I do, too. Uh, I know. You know what, Bug me? Think about this. Explain to me why Fox, at halftime, and they're doing the Big Ten Championship game. I know. Game. Uh-huh. So here's a novel idea. Why don't we give Nick Saban a chance to come on and sell why his team is going to the Final Four. Yeah, I didn't get it. I, I thought, thought it was bizarre. I thought it was just in bad taste. I if I'm Ohio it. State, I'm upset with that because – yeah, let's face it. Maybe that affected the committee a little bit. I wouldn't. I'd like to think it didn't, but but they're sitting there watching TV too at the time. Um, so I, I didn't understand that at all. I just like uh, how he's trying. I, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I appreciate what Alabama uh, brings to college football, uh, but let's face it, they're they lost and two. twice. They're ten and two, and their best win. Their best win. A lot of people don't know what their best win was. Texas. Their best win was over number twenty Texas at yes. the time. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you. I, so don't talk to me about them playing a killer schedule because I I don't think it happened. I just kind of got the feeling that Nick Saban was saying, "Hey, I'm Nick Saban, and we're Alabama. Let us in." And I just they don't deserve it. They lost. If they were eleven and one, yes, they're, let they're them in. But they're not. Yeah. They're ten and two, and you get what you earn, and they're getting yeah. what they earn. So no, I'm with well, you on that one, Don. For, I, how about this for a really compelling first round game? Number one, Georgia against number four, Ohio State indoors. Yes, and 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 you saw, you saw what happened to Georgia in their SEC championship game. LSU's starting quarterback looked good, and their backup quarterback looked good. And they threw for 500 yards for Christ's sake. Uh, uh, that was impressive. So I think if Georgia does have a weakness, it's in their pass defense. Mm-hmm. And I realize Ohio State still got to protect well enough, but LSU seemed to protect okay. Uh, so I suspect that Ohio State can protect okay, too. And I think that's going to be a track meet, that game. And Georgia almost uh, lost at Missouri. And, and it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if, if Ohio State beat them. No, me either. Uh, you know, Georgia's good, uh, but as we said a minute ago, Kentucky played them tough. Mm-hmm. So doesn't Ohio State have a chance to s- slow down Georgia's offense? Absolutely. Sure yeah. they do. Uh, is, it, is it hard to imagine that Ohio State might outscore them? You know, that's certainly a possibility. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm not going to miss it. And Max Dugan against Michigan is going to be fun, too. No, both games games should be a lot of fun. Very interesting. Yeah. To me, that's, again, a good reason. Uh, Four was a good number for the playoffs. I understand that people want to expand. And I don't have any problem going to eight, but you've heard me say before, why in God's name are we going to 12? Because you're giving four teams – an advantage over the other eight. With the buy. Money. With the buy. Money. It's all money. That's all it is. We know that. I mean, it's. I know it. I'm with you. But it shouldn't be about money. It be. It should be about what's best for the game. And I just don't like. I know they do it in the pros, but I don't like in college teams getting buys this late in the season when everybody's sore. And I'm with you. I, I don't like that setup either, Don. But as usual, great stuff. We'll do this um, as we get closer to the. Bowl matchup. We'll do one show before and one show after the bowl game just to kind of wrap everything up. But great stuff as usual. And, Tommy, anything else? Nope. We appreciate your time, Coach. Uh, your insight is always. You guys know I am, I'm working on parameters. Uh, 
but I'm not nearly done. Okay. So I've got two of them, two of the nine. I'm going to use nine games. I'm going to use our nine games, of course, from conference play. And, and they only play eight conference games, so I'm going to throw Louisville in the mix okay. because that was the game 12, and that is against a rival. So it'll be those nine games uh, scrutinized versus our nine conference games uh, yeah, we as got, well. All right, we got 25 days until the game. So, yeah, I'll reach out to you as we get closer, and we'll set up a time before, before the um, bowl game to go over all the parameters. And have a good week, Don. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. You, you guys do the same. Take care. Yep. Always interesting. Um, interesting name in, into the portal. Uh, Keaton Slovis, Pitt's quarterback. I've heard he wants to come here and be McNamara's backup. Becca. Is that on Twitter? Uh, it was announced by Keaton. That he wants to come here to be McNamara's no, backup? No, no, no. <laughs> hitting I'm the kidding. portal. I just get a kick out of Twitter because everyone's coming. I mean, it's... It's this portal stuff is just it's, it's crazy, it's isn't it? Fr- some people love it. I mean, I mean, some people love it, and the services that prov- the moment a guy hits the portal, there's ten media people racing to be the first one to tweet it, so they can get all those. It's just hilarious watching the whole thing. It is. It's uh, but they got to get receivers, and I'm yeah. with Don. They're going to have to take some chances because I don't think a bunch of star receivers are lining up to come to Iowa. I think they may have to no. take some chances, and. It'll be interesting because if they do get any power five guys, those guys are coming here for one reason. They're disgruntled. That's why. So it'll be interesting how their mindset works and what have you. Playing time could figure in. Well, playing, that's why Certainly. they're disgruntled. That's why yep. that's playing time is the number one reason a kid. That's why that guy's yep. leaving Alabama. Yep. Trayshawn Holden. Mm-hmm. He must not be playing as much. As, I mean, they're not leaving because they're doing so well there. No. But a guy might so. be leaving Coastal Carolina to go up or a school like that, Troy or what have you because he wants to play on a bigger stage. That's where I think Don was saying Iowa. Need, and I think they're, they're, they're connected. They're locked in. They, they know what they have to get. It's just a matter of what they can mm-hmm. get. Because let's face it, Tom, during just the normal course of a recruiting cycle, they don't do a very good job of recruiting wide receivers. No, and, I mean, looking at the departures and stuff from our wide receiver core, that room's almost empty. Yes. That's why I've had people, oh, man, Kirk's really making a – Kirk doesn't have a choice, right? He has to use the portal. These are unusual circumstances. He has no way around it. He can't say, oh, we've got the answers inside. No, you don't. No. You have four he guys doesn't. on scholarship. One's a six-year senior. I mean, Nico hasn't said if he's coming back yet, has he? No. Not that I'm aware of. He hasn't. I haven't, we haven't been around the guys for a while. But So, I mean, if they, it should, they could sure use Nico coming back. But, they sure could. But does he come back for a seventh year of football after high school? I mean, that's a long time. Depends so. how much schooling that he wants, uh, you know. To, to yeah, because I'm keep... guessing Nico's probably not going to play in not. the NFL. I probably don't want to say you never rule it out. But to me, it seems like it might be kind of a tall order. So, yeah, if they could get him to come back. But even with him, they still. I think they need to get three receivers. If, but Get as many as you can. And no, you some don't just. Some of them ain't going to work. You don't just hand out scholarships like party favors and some of the. It wouldn't surprise me as at least one of these guys they get during this next cycle won't pan out here. Oh, I'm I, sure. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, if you look at their wide receiver recruiting since like 1920, it's been brutal. It has. I mean, the guys that they've gotten, none of them have been very big recruits, and most of them have left. I, you don't blame one, but a lot of people blame Kelton Copeland. You don't blame just the position coach. That you recruit as a unit and you lo- and you don't recruit as a unit. I mean – I don't think receivers aren't coming here because they don't like Kilton Copeland. I think they're not coming here because they don't like the offense and there's not a lot to sell them. No. No. 
Hello? Yeah, hey, did you guys see that Proctor just received another uh, offer? From Colorado? Colorado. Yes. Yes. Colorado, yeah. I want to know why hadn't Colorado offered him before? Well, prime time now. Well, I know, but I mean, it it just seems weird that the pre, no wonder the previous coach was like, you don't, you you just throw out an offer to a five star. You never know. So, yeah, Dion's not messing around prime time. Thank you. All right. Yep. I remember when Dion was a, getting ready for the draft, he said that he was going to cost so much for a team to have to put him on layaway. <laughs> I, I started laughing when he said that was pretty – remember how obnoxious he was? Yes, I do. But, man, could he play. Greatest cover corner ever. And that, that, that brings up an interesting debate, too. There's a lot of people – a lot of black people have gotten on Dion for leaving the historically black university once he established himself. But then I've seen some other people come to his defense, black people saying, you know – there's always that position's always going to be available for a black coach at Jackson State. Dion is helping to break down other barriers by going to Colorado. I see it both ways. I mean, I think there's some people that would like him to stay there and continue to build off, but I, there's so few black coaches at the Power Five level. I think you also have to don't I don't I don't really fault Dion for doing this. He's Not doing, in the slightest. I don't I, I don't think he's betraying Jackson State. No. I think he's showing. I think he's opening up a new door. Hopefully for other black coaches down the road. Hello, hello. We'll be playing Kentucky twice in one year. That's right. Oh really? <laughs> and hopefully it'll be uh, the series will be tied one to one after yeah. uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> And then the women won yesterday big. Yes, they Clark did. got her uh, her double, her uh, triple, <clears throat> triple double. double. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because we, I was at the wrestling meet. My kid had his phone on to check to see what bowl game we're going to, and I have mine on to check to see what the score is for the women's game. Well, yeah. I see why Spencer Lee and Real, what's his name, Real Woods both wrestled. They needed yeah, them to Real wrestle. Woods. They needed them to wrestle or they would have lost. I didn't realize oh, I was. Yeah. Well, they won only by bonus points because we had three bonus points. Yeah, Lee won 16 to 5. three points. Lee won 16 to 5 and Woods won 4 to 2 or 5 to something. But um, they needed them to win, wrestle, or they would have lost. I did not realize that Iowa State had narrowed the gap that much. They're they're better. No, than it was yeah, very damn close. And, oh, it was at very. At the end, there was no handshakes. Um, All the staffs hate each Grand other. Grand sent his guys up the tunnel real fast, and and uh, Dresser sent his guys around behind the. Yeah, it's unfortunate, desk. but I get. So, I mean, their his whole staff is former Iowa wrestlers, and oh it, yeah, it's but St. John and. And Metcalf. Brett Metcalf and yep, and Kevin Dresser, the head coach, who was my age. Yeah. He was a senior the same year I was in college. So, yeah, there's a lot of animosity in this rivalry, but now that Iowa State's getting better, it's actually sort of a rivalry again. That was an interesting match. It was exciting. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting. Spencer, I just think, ran out of gas. I mean, he had nothing in the oh third quarter. Oh, my goodness. He was, he was, if, usually he takes care of his people in the first in the first period, yeah, he but had. Yeah. He was having trouble, and by the time they came to the third period, he was he was pretty gassed. It is out. funny though; he wins sixteen to five, and people were like, "Whoa, boy, what's happened yeah, to him?" I mean, that's he is just set, yeah. such a high. State. But no, it looked like a great atmosphere, um, um, and it was a good match. I mean, it was good for the state. You do kind of wish the coaches would get along a little better, maybe set a better example. But maybe that's kind of what they want in wrestling. Maybe that, kinda, I think that's kind of wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. All right, Thanks, Karen. Have a good day. Bye. So, yeah, the, the women won their 26th straight game Wisconsin, against Wisconsin. Wisconsin just must be horrible. 
They they had one gal who was was pretty good, but the rest of the staff they've been bad for a were, long time too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a bad team. I mean, I what I would get 102 points. Yeah, well, it was 102 to 71. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, it was uh, the women went in the wrestling team. I just didn't had no idea that the wrestling match was going to be that close. I mean, Cassiope had to win, or they wouldn't have won. No, well, and so yeah, I mean, um, Kevin Dresser's doing a, a, a decent job at Iowa State, and. Um, it is though funny though watching the coaches. I mean, and there was I mean, Real Woods and that freshman from Iowa State who was very highly recruited. They had to be separated after the match. That they were talking about how that freshman was a he had blood all over. He had a big bandage on his head, and and he was not backing down from Woods. I give him credit, but I thought that was a lot of energy that Woods provided too. The fans just. I mean, it was crazy when he came out there and then he played to the fans. And no, it was a neat moment. I mean, that arena gets rocking for it. It does. It does. It really does. Well, let's take a break. Let's take a break, Stephen. Yeah. We'll be back. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurting and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making Mostly cloudy today. We'll get to 44 for a high this afternoon. The wind out of the south becoming north at 5 to 15. Tonight, mostly cloudy. We'll drop to 23 for a low tomorrow. Partly to mostly cloudy. May see a few scattered light snow showers later tomorrow afternoon. Our high tomorrow, 39. And then as we head into Wednesday, partly cloudy, 44. Could see some rain and snow by Thursday. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now, it's 36. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so beautiful. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember. Back in 1947, when young Willa Dickens began as a watchmaker at Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, the sparse utility of the war years was ready to give way to the cheer of color in fashion, furniture, and, of course, jewelry. Women from Hollywood starlet to housewife glowed with colored gemstones on ear, neck, and hand. Ruby red and emerald green, blue sapphire, purple amethyst, topaz, citron, aquamarine. Often these beauties were received heavily in a Hurtine and Stalker box. Now, as in those distant days, colored gemstones are again bringing cheer and joy. So come see what's sparkling in those famous windows at Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, corner of Dubuque and Washington in downtown Iowa City. Then step inside and say hi to Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of them is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E Keys for Cars 
can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Hi, this is Jill Sterner with Sterner Taxidermy in Lone Tree. It's hunting season again. Again, and I'm inviting all of you hunters to follow us on our Facebook page. You can view Dirk's award-winning artistry, his workmanship that he completes with each individual piece. We can be reached at 319-330-1774. Again, 319-330-1774. Dear U of I, just a note to let you know, if you're ever thinking about selling Kinnick Stadium or Carver Hawkeye Arena, please consider Hawkeye Title and Settlement. We're here to provide efficient, high-quality real estate title and closing services. Signed, Hawkeye Fan Forever, and send. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Whether it's a large commercial property or if you're buying your first home, remember, we're here to help. Hawkeye Title and Settlement Services of Iowa City. You'll love our team just like you love the Hawks. It's that wonderful holiday time of the year. Moments of eating too much, spending time with family, or in some cases, maybe trying to avoid family. However you choose to celebrate, the Diamond Dental team, Dr. Forbes, Kate, Michelle, and Crystal, would like to wish everyone a happy, healthy, and safe holiday. Here is hoping you enjoy every minute of this joyous time of the year. Rest assured, Diamond Dental is here providing superior care for your entire family during the holiday season and all year long. Downtown Iowa City's best new restaurant and bar is Players Sports Bar and Grill. From Big Burger Mondays, Tex-Mex tacos, and a variety of soups, salads, and vegetarian options as well. Players Sports Bar and Grill also features their famous Chicago dog and the Iowa dog, an all-beef bacon-wrapped hot dog smothered in corn relish, bacon, and ranch. Located at 219 Iowa Avenue, Players Sports Bar and Grill has both socially distanced dine-in and carry-out through Chomp Delivery. Daily deals and full menu options are on the website, playersic.com, or place an order at 319-800-2199. That's 319-800-2199. Players Sports Bar and Grill, great food, craft cocktails, and the ultimate place to watch your favorite sporting event. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, See Premier Automotive in North Liberty. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at suples.net or call 337-2246. 
this is Patrick Eads, owner of Deary Brothers Lincoln in Iowa City. Let me tell you why right now is an absolute great time to buy a new Lincoln. Custom order the exact vehicle you want from interior and exterior colors and a full range of equipment content. Your vehicle, your way. Plus, with an unusually high used car market, trade-in values are more now than we've ever seen before. Stop by Deary Brothers Lincoln at Highway 1 in Mormon Trek, Iowa City. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyoke Inn. Especially now, all of us need a little comfort. The Oxyoke has been offering comfort for over 80 years. From our signature recipes, quality of food, and family-style service, to historical ambiance, a return to the Oxyoke is like a warm hug, with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. You can still order curbside carryout, including our famous Pies to Go, and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit oxyokin.com for hours, menus, reservations, weekly specials, and gift cards. From our family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyokin in the heart of Amana. The Mighty 1630 KCJJ. Hugfanatic.com is back. Get off your phones. Why are you on your phones? You're always on your phones. How do you like that? We're How looking like at that? stuff. How do you like that, Hardy? He was busy on you. You were really on your phone. Are you looking at stuff? Hardy is sexting. I no, I don't even know how to sex. No, I was look. <laughs> Deion Sanders basically met with his team at Colorado and told them that he's bringing his own luggage, and he encouraged most of the players to enter the portal because he's bringing his own players. <laughs> I mean, that's just stunning. God <laughs> dang! But then I also seen well, that's that. like Elon Musk. Well, I've also seen a, yeah, I've also seen another report that over 250, I believe, high portal players have reached out to Colorado. High end, four star, five star, about wanting to go to Colorado. I think this transfer portal into this environment right now is perfect for Deion Sanders, don't you? Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and Colorado yeah. is, I mean, Colorado's had success before. Have you ever been there? I mean, have you mm-hmm. ever been? It's beautiful. I mean, oh, yeah. Boulder's beautiful. The stadium's okay, but the campus itself, I mean, Bill McCartney was very successful there. So I'm actually surprised that Colorado has been down for so long. So. It's an interesting hire. I mean, I don't really know if I agree with the tactic of basically telling all these guys to get lost. I'm bringing my own guys in. And, I mean, DJ, or, uh, Dion's going to find out. Jackson, winning, rebuilding Jackson State's one thing. Rebuilding a Power 5 Colorado, that's going to be a little bigger challenge. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It is. And, you know, basically say I'm, I'm going to assemble the team from scratch. That's what he's saying. He's basically saying that, yes. And I think he's saying that because I think he believes he can do whatever he sets out to do because, let's face it, he has. Yeah. And But that's still pretty risky, man. That's I mean, if you do that, you could have one or two years where you're really bad as you go through that transition. So it will be interesting. And I find, like I said, the fact that they've offered Caden Proctor, I wonder why it took Colorado so long to offer a five-star offensive lineman. But um, And I can't imagine. I would imagine – it's a, a little late in the game to to impact Proctor's thinking, but you, well, ne- you would think you so. You never but know, though. I mean, Dion, Dion, if if this kid gives Dion a home visit, who knows? But um, I still think Proctor's going to end up at Iowa. I I, I kind of do too, but I don't. But I you, certainly you, don't know. You, you just don't know until it actually happens. Signing right. day's coming up here in a couple more weeks. So, but yeah, that's an interesting approach to basically call the team together and tell them to get lost. <laughs> I mean, but Dion's not your ordinary. 
person. He's different. I don't think I've heard of that before. I don't think I, I mean, have. It's probably happened, but. But yeah, to get that much attention from the portal, but um, the portal officially opened today. I mean, I mean, there's been stuff going on because obviously guys well, have been sure. guys have been tweeting. Players have been tweeting. I'm in. I'm getting, hitting the portal now. It's just official, though. That that Alabama receiver said that he's officially now in the portal, and I'm guessing underneath his tweet, I, I retweeted. Let me see if there's just Iowa fans. Um, there were Iowa fans really trying to sell him on it, and um, that doesn't hurt. Whatever What's it takes. His name Trayshawn. Trayshawn Holden. Yep. And he's from. Um, he's he, yeah. He's. Let me see. Here's his. He. Put in that he he tweeted at nine fifty four that he has entered the portal and it already has seven hundred and sixty seven likes on Twitter. <laughs> oh, the first second one to reach out to him, Hawkeye Hot Takes, come be the greatest wide receiver Iowa's ever had. That's one. Then the guy right behind him, well, that's not saying much. <laughs> Twitter mean <laughs> mean. I'm going to see if this guy fired back the Hawkeye. Exactly. I think people rather do something that's never. Done before, rather do something that's been done many times. Man, the Hawkeyes lighten up this feed. I'm sure Cade would love you on the field. Yeah, this just Iowa fans are all over this kid's feed. And uh, McNamara, 80-yard bomb to hold in Indianapolis next year. I'm guessing it's probably the Kayvon Smith video. Yep, it's the uh, – here's another Hawkeye. It's, this is just all Hawkeye fans just pleading with this guy to come to – Well, I hope he's interested. I mean, that can't hurt. No. It is kind of funny though that it's just just Hawkeye fans left and right. Doesn't anyone else want this guy? <laughs> Hello. I don't think Iowa has a play that goes eighty yards in the air, do they? Um, well, um, well, hard to say. It's hard to say. We just don't see it. <laughs> hey, quick question, um, Coach Prime. Do you know is any of his staff like ex football players that he played with? I have no idea. It's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know who is on his staff. I wish I did. That'd but... be a good guess. But I don't know. Yeah. When his kid's coming right, with thanks. him, his kid's coming with him, and his kid's a really good quarterback who I think has got maybe a chance to play in the NFL. He threw for over three. Sadir Sanders, I believe is his name, he's transferring with him. So they've got their quarterback. It's going to be a real interesting situation. But, yeah, this kid's Twitter thing is just filled with Hawkeye fans left and right, just everywhere. Come on home. The guy's from L.A. <laughs> 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 Hawks by a million. Let me, and it shows a picture of this guy carrying the Iowa flag on the stadium. Um, here's That's another. Great. Here's someone tweeting, showing him the swarm. Uh, let's see if there's. I'm just trying to see if there's another school asking him to go besides Iowa. Um, officially an Iowa Hawkeye. Let's. Shows a picture Come of him. Oh. <laughs> oh, here's somebody, Colorado. Let's go, Buffs. It's a. Well, and it's a picture of Dave Chappelle, and it says, Hey, Bam, I got any more of them transfers? And fullback you. I've seen that picture. But, yeah, no, it's just this thing is just filled. Here's an Oregon one. Come to Oregon. I did. But, no, this is almost all exclusively Iowa guys, Iowa fans. So, there you go. Hawkeye fans are doing their part. Oh, and there's some people in the Iowa media that are working hard for the football team. To try and that's fine. That's how they choose to do it. That's, I mean, there's some that um, love this portal stuff, and they are they know it's a good way to embed yourself in the story and get attention, and they really want to help Iowa get people in the portal, and they really want to excite fans. That's what they do, and that's you know that's the mm-hmm. age we live in now. Yeah, I'm more like you know if it happens, it happens. You react when it happens. 
I didn't think McNamara's would happen as fast as it did. It did. And um, so now the thing is you got to stoke the fans with the receiver stuff, you know, and that's what's going on now. Well, and we need some linemen too, offensive linemen. Well, scholarship-wise, they really don't. Well, scholarship-wise, but maybe but not. Well, Kirk's but. not going to just start sending off a bunch of linemen. I mean, I you got what you have, and you got a bunch. Of, you've got linemen coming in in this recruiting class, but you got to make do with what you have. They're fine depth-wise with linemen. You just don't like the players. I don't like what I saw. Yeah, no, I'm with you, but I don't. They, I don't think, and yeah, maybe five or six of those guys will hit the portal. But I think it's more they need to make do with what they have and hopefully the new pieces. I mean, I don't think you want to have a true freshman be the anchor of your offensive line. Proctor, if he can come in and help, of course. But I think it's asking a lot to think that Caden Proctor is going to come in and fix everything on that offensive line. It's beyond one person's potential to be able to do that. So, I would agree. And most of those linemen, Mason Richmond, he's going to be a junior next year. Colby, a junior next year. They're all back. I mean, they're – that those five guys that have started, Jack Plum's gone now. He could use his he could use his COVID year, but I just don't see a lot of turnover with linemen because I don't see their linemen entering the portal. I think their linemen are happy here. They just need to play better. Now you never say never. I mean, I with the portal now, nothing would surprise me. But no, this this portal stuff right now is offensive skill players. I mean, I know yep. the Arlen Harris guy visited, and if he comes to Iowa, great. But I don't think they really need a ton more running backs. Well, we need um, – we lost um, – what's his name? Uh, Gavin Williams. Yeah, Gavin. But they got two coming in. Yeah, that's And then true. they've got their top two coming back. Yes. I'd rather them maybe use an extra scholarship on a receiver than a running back, to be honest uh, with you. But definitely. I'm not – they're the ones making the decisions. And I, I guess if you have a really good running back, if it comes down to a really good running back or a suspect receiver, then I guess you would take the running back. Arlen Harris – I'm not sure how good he did at Stanford. And the coaching change obviously had something to do with him leaving. But like I said, I think if they can keep him healthy, Caleb Johnson and LaShawn Williams is a good one-two punch at running back. I agree. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, do you think um, final rankings mean anything anymore, or if they ever did? What uh, rankings? On, you, you mean know, after bowl games? Li- yeah, after the bowl games, because people leave in the portal and – Seniors sitting out and all that stuff. Just, just seems like a lot of these bowl games are really meaningless. Well, yeah, meaningless. Well, I mean, mm, the enough. playoff has made them more meaningless too, and so and a have, larger playoff and, makes it even more. And the push to get to the NFL, the influence of money and whatever. Yeah, no, the bowls aren't what they used to be, and I think that's guys like Kirk worry about the bowls becoming extinct somewhere down the line because if the playoff keeps expanding. That's going to hurt the lesser bulls. It's just going to take more away from them. So yeah, you do bring yeah. up a good point. I mean, the playoff people are they suffering um, from portal defection of good players and people sitting out of the playoffs because they're seniors? I don't think they are. are no, they? I mean probably not. The teams in the playoffs. I think most of their star players are all still playing too. I mean, I think right. if you get to the playoff, I think that. But I could see. Um, somebody for Alabama, maybe not wanting to what bowl game Alabama's playing. Can't, aren't they playing Kansas state? And I could see if somebody's a first round pick for sure for Alabama, maybe not playing in that bowl game since it's not a playoff. I'm not saying that's the case, but I could see that happening. Right. Okay. Thanks. Just yeah. your thoughts. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. As of now though, it seems like the playoff is enough to convince even the bona fide future NFL draft picks to play. It's important enough, but you've seen a lot of the, players back out of some other January Day Bowl games because they don't yeah. want to risk the injury. Yeah. 
And, I mean, I think somebody would understand if Jack Campbell did the same thing. I know he won't because that's not Jack will. Campbell. But I wouldn't have – if he did, I would, it would make complete sense, especially after Linder, Linderbaum got hurt last year. Now, fortunately, he didn't get hurt long term, but he did get hurt. He took a chance. But, no, I think I was lucky that Jack Campbell is who he is and also that Jack Campbell grew up in Iowa, in Cedar Falls, as an Iowa fan. And, I mean, because you could really justify him saying, ah, I don't want to take the chance. But, like I said, I'm glad that he is going to play because they're going to need him because I think the Iowa defense is going to have to have another one of those efforts where they better not allow more than 12 to 13 points or they're probably not going to win. So were you surprised at all, Graham Mertz, going into the portal? Um, That's the first I've heard of it. And maybe a little bit, but I'm guessing Fickle must have. I'm guessing he probably talked with Fickle, didn't go the way. Fickle's probably got other quarterbacks coming in. Probably. And I just think it's time for Graham Mertz to move on. I mean, I I just think he, it's just not happening there for him. Well, certainly the Wisconsin fans I've talked to feel that it's time to, for him to I move wonder on. if he'll try to go to, like, Kansas, Kansas State, or Missouri, since that's kind of where he's from. But I can't imagine any of those schools really wanting him. No, he hasn't. He's so, not. I mean, he's no he's longer a five. Who's that? That's for me. Can you talk on the talk on the air? No. <laughs> He's not sexting though. Well, thank thankfully. But yeah, um, Graham Mertz. That's interesting. Yeah. That shows me that Fickle is basically maybe moving in another direction. And Penn State's one of their quarterbacks, Chad Powers. Never heard of him. He, I think he was their. Third know. third team because Aller that highly re- Drew Aller's their back. You're right. You're right. He's very highly recruited, and he'll be their quarterback next year. So he, this kid must be a third or fourth teamer. Yeah, there's a lot of third a, and fourth. A lot team. of yeah. There's a lot of third and fourth team guys hitting the portals now. That's what it's there for. You just hope that they can find homes because a lot of them don't. And a name that you'll probably remember, Jalen Hunt from Michigan State. Yeah, where he's in the portal. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he's played there. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't think either. he's played a lot. Um, but yeah, um, nothing surprises me now with the portal anymore. No, haven't seen no. anyone from Iowa though. Haven't seen any reports from. Well, just the one. I mean, we knew about Ireland. Bruce well, yeah, but just and, the ones that have already yes. happened. Yeah, that we assume that they're taking the. But I consider once they announce that they're entering the portal, then yeah, now all that stuff's just becoming official. Now yeah. they've, they've lost five players on offense right now, four skill players, and then the lineman Josh Volk. And with Padilla, the two receivers, and um, who's the other one? Um, Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams. And that one didn't surprise me. Gavin Williams is leaving because he's third on the depth chart. Well, and he had been dropping. Um, he went, yeah, he's just, I mean, that's mostly why people enter the portal. Well, yeah, and, there's and not honestly, a bunch of, that's what's it, what it's for. Yeah, there's not a bunch of happy star players in the portal. No. That's not what it's there for. No. So these are for guys trying to find more playing time or for guys trying to play in a bigger platform bigger stage to showcase their stuff that's what it is and 60 percent of the 2000 or or however many kids in are don't find uh, a soft land yeah don't get a soft land and that's unfortunate it is i mean it really is and that's the concern that fran has brought that and it's i've heard it's even worse in basketball guys being basically left without a home yeah yeah so but no this is going to be interesting because kirk is out of his comfort zone i know i've said that before but this is not what kirk wants to be doing before a bowl game he does not want to be dealing with the transfer portal, but he doesn't have a choice. Now he's got people around him to do it and what have you. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he's got to be able to sell his offense to receivers. Uh, 
Now, some lesser-known receivers that would give anything just to have a Power 5 offer, that's different. But the problem with those guys, you may not win with those guys. Those guys may not be good enough. So it'll be interesting and to see if he can convince proven commodities that it's worth taking the risk. And Kirk loves people that fit. And, you know, he always looks for that. And a certain kind of individual, well, at the wide receiver position, that hasn't been working. I'll tell you this, Treshawn Holden must say, God, these if – um, if I can get the coaches at Iowa to like me as much as the fans, because I, it's just his whole feed. It's got to be ninety percent Iowa fans begging him to come. So at least they're showing that they care and that they're well connected and they're aware of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So but no, these next three weeks. I mean, what's funny is the games. The game is still what's today the fifth. The game is yeah. still twenty six days away. <laughs> and we are looking at. I, I've already hired a stringer for the game. Um, um, and. But I was looking. The price for hotels in Nashville on New Year's six. The average is six hundred bucks a night. Jesus Christ! It's unbelievable. Well, I wanted to go with everything, and then we're checking prices. No, it's it ridiculous. Just, uh, I couldn't find a hotel for less than just from looking, and then I was talking to some other people in the media. They had, uh, I think, Bromwell Camp was telling Rob he couldn't find one for less than six hundred bucks. Well, I'm not. Gonna, That's insane. I mean, I'm watching. That, you know. But no, I got a, my connection with that, um, Athletic down there. This guy I used to work with at Athlon Sports. He recommended this guy. Reached out to him this morning. He's going to cover the – he's going to give me a game story, video, and a sidebar. And then, of course, I'll do stuff from here. And I'm not sure if Rob's going down there for Hawkeye Nation, but if he goes down there, I'll have his photos. But then this way, I've got a body down there to actually cover everything. And this guy's an established – he owns his own website, and then I'll be able to do stuff from home. It's better for our readers. They'll get more content as opposed to them having to wait – for me to do everything by myself down there, yeah. just like we did at Ohio State. I had three content items, four content items up after the Ohio State game within an hour after the game. That's how I want to do it. And then we'll have our instant reaction podcast after the bowl game. And I just I wish I was more excited about the bowl game, but I'm just not. I just The matchup itself does nothing for me. Well, we want to go sometime next year uh, before, before March or April to see Andy in Pensacola. So, Andy, who? We're going to have a buddy of mine that's engineered here. Oh, okay. And, you know, so if we would, we could either do one or the other, and I'd like to see Andy. So, you're not going to the Music City Bowl? No. Hater. Hater. Hawk hater. Apathy. Yeah, there's seats for $22 on SeatGeek. Oh, they're going to. I've been told by the time you may be able to get a ticket for five bucks for this game, but if you wait long enough. But then you're paying seven hundred for your hotel room. Yeah. I mean, if you stay, you know, twenty miles outside of Nashville, a little. Yeah, I mean, I checked a couple suburbs. I was able to, as you get for that. But there was one I looked up after Rob told me how expensive they were. I got on there just. There was one that wanted eight hundred and twenty dollars for New Year's Eve, and I, it was like a comfort in suite. I, I saw eight hundred and twenty dollars for New Year's Eve. See, that's the problem when you play a game on New Year's Eve. For the fans. It is a problem. That's a problem. I'd almost rather play on the 30th or the 29th. You know what? Good news is, is the game's over by 2.30. And uh, lots of partying and a great party town for those oh, who it's wish. Oh, it's a, it is a. No, it's a great party town, but that still doesn't erase the $700 hotel bill. No. I no. mean, that's, I did not think it was going to be that expensive. I, but I had planned on doing a, hiring a stringer anyway, if I could find a competent stringer, because I got a lot of stuff I want to do up here, because basketball's still going to be going on. But no, I was just disappointed that Kentucky was the opponent. 
I wanted to see and a different. I was too. I wanted to see a different team. The Mark Stoop story was great last year, but like I wrote in my column, what do you do now? Rinse and repeat and just yeah, write the same. It's it nobody was cares. it was interesting a year ago. Now but nobody it's not cares. Now. No, no, and that's what. But it sounds like they wanted this matchup. It sounds like the both schools, both schools wanted this, and I just I I'm not I'm just not feeling it, Captain. I'm not feeling it. I'm in the portal. Yeah, but you're 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 like a FCS receiver trying to transfer up. You're hoping that a bigger station will find you and and take a chance on you, right? Is that what you're saying? Take a chance on Steve. Oh God, is that Abba? I hate that song. I hate Abba. I don't. I don't hate Abba. That's a little strong. I hate Abba. It's a little strong. Maybe one song. How about Peter, Paul, and Mary? Huh? Peter, Paul, and Mary. Boring. They were, but wasn't one of them kind of... Perv. Perv. Didn't he have issues? Yeah. I don't remember which one. It was one of the men. One of the guys. It was one yeah, of the guys. Yeah, one of the guys. Yeah, but, yeah. but you'd hate to be wrong on if you said it was one, it was the <laughs> yeah, other. Yeah, I'm not going to... Something like that. I'm yeah. not going to guess. <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary. Did, then they, they did the original Leaving on a Jet Plane, aren't they? Yeah. Well, John Denver wrote it. He wrote oh, it. Oh, John for, Denver wrote it? Yeah, yeah, but they had the first hit of it. Okay, yes. and then John Denver did his own version yeah. of it, which I didn't mind. Yeah. I didn't realize John Denver wrote that song. God, jeez. All my bags are bad. <laughs> what a bunch of crap. Yeah, says a guy who listens to Mandy Perry or whatever her name is. Oh, uh, Katie. Katie. I had to, I had to th- you had to think about it. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've emptied me up. <laughs> yes. And it's Mindy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's Mandy? Isn't there a Mandy? Isn't that a Mandy Barry Manilow song? Yeah. yeah. You like that? You, no, that's... You never actually, sang... I did like it. You never sang Mandy? You liked Mandy? I did like Wow, Why at least he admits like Mandy? it. That is the only Barry oh, Manilow God. song that I like. Did you well, ever sing it to yourself like looking in the mirror? The only, the <laughs> only Barry Manilow song I liked was the bandstand the theme from Bandstand. Yes. How about Copacabana? Oh, At the Copa, Copacabana. Well, you know, really... What is wrong with you? There's a lot wrong with me. <laughs> Hello. I've never denied that. Get your one-liner off. Come on. Actually, that's his favorite song. I'm leaving on an all-you-can-eat cruise. Yeah. Well, Steve, Lyle, you, Steve yeah, like we'll, give him, we'll give him that one. <laughs> you imagine being on an all-you-can-eat cruise? There are. I've been on them. Yeah. So what? There's just constant food? You can eat around the clock. Yeah. They have buffets. I could not imagine being room on a service. Sh- bloated on a ship. I didn't want to laugh. But you did. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to. <laughs> I did not realize that they have. So it's just 24-7 food at your disposal. If you want. Why yeah. would you like So like 4 meat? in the morning, if I wanted a 14-inch pizza, by God, I could call the kid. Probably. Wow, yeah. I did not realize that. You like Mandy. I did. That is Why surprising. Why would you like Mandy? Said, uh, nice melody. Soppy. I'm with you, It was you, sappy, but it was a nice oh. melody. Was, uh, you call it pussy music, Pussy right? music. Pussy music. Yeah. Mandy. Mandy. Who was he singing that about? Mandy, I guess. Yeah, who was Mandy? Do we know? Well, I have no idea. It was a dog? Oh, it's about a dog. It's a dog? <laughs> I like it a little bit now. What Just like heck? Shannon is gone was a dog. <laughs> And what? so was Martha, my dear, by the Beatles. And you and me, me and you, and a dog, dog named, named Boo. Boo. Yeah. There's... How do you get it was a dog? Did the dog die? I don't think so. 
Well, then what? what is... Well, you talk to Hunter, I don't know. Is there some bestiality thing going on in there? Barry Manilow, who knows? <laughs> God. God, that's just a disturbing We could have thought. seen Barry in uh, Vegas when we were there. Oh, he's there? Yeah. We, Isn't he like 80? Is he like oh, 80? yeah. He's, is he still performing like he used to, or is it like yes. Neil Diamond? No, I think he's got a res- residency And he can thing still going. do it? Like Neil Diamond Evidently. basically just screams. Yeah. I mean, points at people. Just yells and screams. And points at people. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Kentucky woman, Shiloh, <laughs> when I was young. <laughs> red, red wine. What are you looking up? I got... What are we going to hear? Remember, this is the Hawk Fanatic we're still. It this was. Pod, this podcast is still operating. <laughs> we have to remind ourselves. Don Patterson was on this. He's part of this production. It's always good to have Donnie. Yeah. So we haven't talked about a uh, big basketball game late Tuesday night in I, New York City. Iowa versus Duke. It'll be interesting. These next three games, we'll learn a lot about the team. Iowa versus Duke, Iowa State, and, and then, then and Wisconsin. Then Wisconsin. Yeah, all three different styles. Big stages, and if the, I think if they could go two and one, I think that would be a major step forward. That would be fantastic. Hello. I have not heard from my stringer. I need to Mr. reach out to Mr. Suter. Yes. I have a serious question. When you when the guys enter the porthole, they're totally off the team, and if nobody else picks them, they can't come back to that team. Correct? No, they could, they could if, if the coaches let them. Yes. Okay, I'm just thinking that, God, you could screw up your whole college career if nobody else picked you up. Yep, you sure could. I mean, I I really wouldn't think it'd be worth trying to put my uh, college career, especially if I'm on scholarship, up to to chance. That's (laughs) a chance they're taking, and 60% of them uh, do exactly just what you said. They screw up their career. Yeah. I was just wondering if they could come back to the team or not because I've really never heard of anybody going back. Oh, Josh Ogundale. Josh Ogundale on the basketball team came back. Yeah. Okay. Well, have a good day. All right. Thanks. And there you go. Yeah. Some people saying they think Brom is going to take the lead. That Greg Doyle, the columnist for the Indy, he thinks he's gone. Well, he knows too how much harder it's going to be to really make waves in the Big Ten with USC and UCLA. Yeah, I don't agree with this guy. Louisville is a far better job than Purdue. Stop it. No, no I don't not. think so. No, it's not. If you're in the Big Ten, no, that's not, that's ridiculous. But, yeah, no, USC and UCLA are going to make the Big Ten a lot tougher. We're going to get rid of divisions. It's going to be – I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, whoever's the next head coach for Iowa – we're going to face a much tougher landscape. Yep. No, no, no Even if Kirk lasts another three to five years, I don't think Kirk's going to go another five years. I see him going another maybe one to four, another two to four years would be my guess with Kirk. I, well, I, it'll be interesting to see what he can do in the portal because he, he's going to have to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he can do, wins and losses. Cause, or do you think, in the back of Kirk's mind, do you think he's given up on the Brian replacing him? It's a, it's a really good question. I don't know. Uh, I kind of expect Brian to still be here. But No, do you think – but you don't expect Brian to be the next head coach. Oh, no, 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 no. No, but I think that's what Kirk – I think – do you think Kirk has given up on that? I think so. See, I'm not, I'm not ready to go that far yet. I think maybe deep down he realized, but maybe he's not willing to go there yet. But I don't think he's going to get rid of Brian. I don't think he – 
I mean, there's some people that are convinced that Brian's just being a lame duck guy doing this until the game's over, then he's going to step aside. Possibly, but I don't see Brian Ferentz. I don't see Kirk doing that with his son. No. I mean, Brian Ferentz was out there with Kirk re- recruiting Marco Lane as, as Iowa's quarterback coach, and I find it hard to believe that, all right, Dad, I'll, I'll hold the fort down for the next month, and then you guys can get rid of me. I just don't see that happening. No, I don't either. Some are convinced that that's what's happening. I mean, you never say never. I expect Brian Ferentz to be back next year, and I think this comprehensive study – will be kind of Kirk's way of hopefully trying to appease those people. But there's going to be some people that are going to just be pissed off if he's not fired. Do you think um, uh, there's a possibility you could get a situation where you have co-offensive coordinators, one of them's uh, passing coordinator, one's running coordinator, uh, that kind of thing? Then how do you do that financially? I don't know. You cut Brian's salary in half and give half to the other guy, or if you bring another guy in and pay him nine hundred and you're paying your. Well, you can't do that. You can't. So I, I just don't know how they. Kirk just hasn't. He's kind of backed himself into a corner. He doesn't have a lot of flexibility right now with this situation. I mean, and there are some fans that just do not want Brian back. Oh, and it's not just bad. some. There's a decent amount of Iowa fans that want him gone. And I think Kirk probably realizes that. I'm not sure how. Of course he cares about that. But I don't think Kirk's going to let that influence his thinking. I still think Kirk feels that he can get this thing fixed with Brian as his coordinator. And I don't think that they would be able to get McNamara this quickly by saying, well, yeah, Brian's not going to be here, but we've got this guy in the wings. Wait, I just don't think Kirk operates that way. There's some fans that are convinced, and I've heard them say this to me, that Josh Gaddis is waiting to replace I've Brian Ferentz when it's after the bowl game's over. I, do, you, do you believe that? No, sir. I don't believe that either. It would be quite a story if it did happen, but that's the kind of stuff that's out there. Yeah, it is. And, um, and that's the kind of stuff that just, I mean, it, it's just, there's so many narratives and so, many, so much conjecture and speculation so we'll see. I mean, in this day and age, you never say never to about anything, but I just don't have the. Fe- I just have a feeling that Brian will be back. I do too. Well, I no, do. I agree with you. I do too. And I'm not saying I necessarily agree. I mean, I, I mean, but I think we're seeing this is a unique situation. Tom Manning sunk to Brian Ferentz performance levels, and Matt Campbell got rid of him. Yeah. But Tom Manning's not Matt Campbell's son. No, well, you're right. This is a different situation, and. I just, to me, and if Kirk was going to make changes, wouldn't you want to make changes the sooner the better? Yeah. As opposed to wait until January to make, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, I would. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to to see how this whole thing plays out. And Well, it is fascinating, and it's fascinating to see how the, who we get out of the portal, because we have to. They got to get, they have to get somebody. Have to. They have to. They have to. They can't just rely on walk-ons and whatever. And they have to get some guys. I mean, who's in even in the wide receiver room now? Vines, Vines Bostic, Bostic, Regani, Brody Brecker, the four scholarship receivers. Then you've got Alec Wick as a walk-on, Jack Johnson as a walk-on, and a couple other walk-ons. So we, Caden Wetchin, and there's one. There's one other one. Um, so yeah, no, they 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 have to get. I think they have to get three. Well, I, I it, get as three or four, even if. I mean, how many usual wide receivers? You'd like to you have, have eight? seven, eight, seven, eight, nine on scholarship. Yeah, you would like, you would like to have that. So yeah, they, their problem though, Tom, is they haven't recruited very well. Most no. of these guys that have left have transferred down. Yeah, because they couldn't compete at this stage. Well, that's those are recruiting mistakes. Yeah, they're not losing receivers. Now we'll see what Arlen Bruce does. My guess is Arlen and Keegan will go to Power Five schools, and. 
but they're not going to be going to Ohio State. Um, I could see the rumor is that um, Arlen's going to Kansas State. And I've, Keegan maybe to Nebraska. To Nebraska, but now some people are saying that maybe he's thinking about coming back. I, I have no idea. That stuff changes every day. Those will be few. Those, there'll be exceptions, though. Most of the receivers that leave Iowa, one went to, one went to um, Northern Iowa, another um, went junior college, another one went to, like, Central Florida, they they usually transfer down, and so we'll see. But no, this is going to be. I'm sure this is not. I'm guessing there's a part of Kirk right now that's kind of uncomfortable. Uh, thinking a lot because it's not how he wants to do things. But a fan would right away say, "Well, he's got to fix the mess that he created." Yeah. Kirk did create this mess, wouldn't you yes, say? Yes, of course. Hello. Hello. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey. Outside of uh, Kirk and Brian being related, of course. Uh, what realistic reason would there be to keep Brian on for next season? Well, that's a pretty big reason what you just said. That's pr- that's uh, yeah, that's probably the main reason. I mean, I well, I think the other thing. I mean, obviously, Kirk has a lot of respect for his son. He appreciates his football knowledge. Mm-hmm. He's comfortable working with his son. So, yeah, you know, and there's a lot to be said for that too, but your point True. is well taken. But he doesn't have performance to use as no, a he doesn't. No, you're right. So no. it's a unique situation. How many years has how many years has Brian been with the team now? He started on the staff in twelve and he's been the coordinator since seventeen. Alrighty. Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks. Well, with that, let's wrap We're going to wrap it up, and then you know what I'm going to go do now? I'm going to try to vote for the Heisman Trophy. Suter's going to help me. It's, All right. It's like, I mean, we may, we may need to get who's your website people? Who does what? your in big imprint? They may need yeah. to help us. This thing, i got to watch a video and enroll in something. It's just ridiculous. Let's <laughs> do it. Enroll in i got to enroll. I oh, to... I thought you said roll. No, in enroll. i got to enroll on this page. <laughs> I didn't watch it going out of the yard. And... Oh, just roll somebody? <laughs> just roll it around on the ground. All right, well, let's wrap this thing All up. Right. Thanks again to Don Patterson for yep. great insight. Everybody have a good, safe Monday. HawkFanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.